I was walking along the side of the house near the creek and looking into one of the trees, I saw the most charming thing. A little bird's nest was taking shape, right in the tree outside the guest room window, no less. Brian's going to love this, I thought. He's always putting up birdhouses and loves to watch the red and the blue and the other color birds come and go throughout the spring, summer, and fall. Like many things, though, I forgot to tell him about it. But it was only a few days later that he asked me if I had seen the nest outside the guest room window just off the porch in the willow tree. I said, oh yes, the bird's nest I wanted to tell you about. And he said, bird's nest? No, Matt, the bee's nest. It's huge. A bee's nest? I rushed outside and looking right off the deck up in, apparently, the willow tree was a giant hive, like really big, maybe a foot and a half in height and hive shape and everything. I couldn't believe it, and that's where I thought the bird's nest was. Luckily, neither of us are allergic to bees, but it's still scary to have something something so big, so foreign, so alive, so close to the house. What do we do with it? Call the exterminator? Chop it down ourselves? What does a city it do? Now thinking of all of you, I took out my phone and snapped a photo of the giant hive and posted the photo to City It's Instagram account. Here's what I wrote. Forgive the colorful language. Oh crap, giant beehive in our willow. Felt like it was built out of nowhere in the last two days. Prefab? Hashtag, oh crap, hashtag beehives, hashtag oi. Now there's one thing about social media and community like Cityets, it doesn't take much to get a response. Within an hour, Raina Kettleson wrote, wait till the first hard frost and they will abandon the nest. Then take it down, she said, and save it. They are beautiful. Lauren Letelier, who I met at her one-woman show, The Village City It, and who is also Hillsdale's co-historian, corrected me. It's a wasp nest, you ninny. Sammy Hunt also confirmed this. Not bees, paper wasps. A wasp nest? Paper wasps? Are they real wasps? Well, according to Wikipedia, they are. Paper wasps, it says, are vespid wasps that gather fibers from dead wood and plant stems, which they mix with saliva and use to construct nests made of gray or brown papery material. Advice on handling gets more complicated, though. Apparently, they can be a little dangerous, stinging to protect their colony, releasing toxins that can be harmful to mammals like birds, wolves, cats, and dogs, but only if bothered. But on the other hand, they're also beneficial insects because they prey on other insects that we consider pests that affect shrubs and flowers around your house. If a nest is located where it's out of the way, the advice says, and not likely to be disturbed, homeowners should consider leaving it alone. Brian and I didn't agree on what to do. He said, leave it alone, right in line with the responses on Instagram and what I just read. It'll freeze, he figured, and then it'll fall down. I was much more nervous though wanting to take action. And without telling anyone, I started to wonder if it was too close to the house to, you know, set it on fire. Down in the valley, moved up from the city. It's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park blues have an ounce of an idiot. Ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. At first it hurt my feelings, but it's kinda got a ring to it. When you move to the country, they can tell when you're new to it. I'm looking out of place, but I'm trying to keep fitting in. 
man. It takes too long to be a local, so for now I'm a city it. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Okay, so to be clear, I did not burn down the hive. But while I've talked before about animals like cows, donkeys, and sheep, it did get me thinking about the smaller wildlife among us that is less stunning, less charming, but as big a part of our day-to-day lives. On the other side of the break, I'll do a run-through of what to expect in the Hudson Valley, for a critter's top 10 in my experience and with some gleanings I've gathered from Scenic Hudson and a few other sources. City is supported by Sunflower Market. With stores in Woodstock and Rhinebeck, Sunflower Market brings our communities whole health products we can feel good about serving to the people we love. Sunflower works with local farmers and businesses to provide a large selection of clean and sustainably sourced food, high-quality organic produce, and all-natural products, so we always know where our food comes from. Brian and I pop in for groceries all the time, and especially when we're having people over. Sunflower Market. Long live local. Thanks, Sunflower. Okay, ready? Here are the city at top 10 critters for the Hudson Valley in no particular order of nastiness. Number one, bees. Yeah, there are tons of bees, but if you're not allergic, you learn to think of them as a positive. Many farms, including right next to us, have beekeepers and make delicious local honey. And bees spread the goodness of life. Coldwell Banker Village Green Realty recently had a good blog post on bees in the area, sharing, among other things, that it takes 36 bees six weeks to make one teaspoon of honey. Number two, bats. Okay, bats are among the first critters we learn to love. One of the first things we bought was a bat house. Installing it in a tree a bit away from the main house, bats take care of a lot of insects on your property. So by having a bat house, they can sleep in the day and work for you at night. Remember, they hibernate in winter, so the DEC recommends avoiding cave exploration until spring to protect them. Remember, we don't want to wake them up. Number three, wasps. Wasps are nasty. Hornets fall into the wasp category, according to pest masters, with whom we have a service agreement. There are bald-faced hornets, black and pale yellow, about five-eighths of an inch, very aggressive. Paper wasps, as you heard about in the opening, brown-red with yellow markings, three-quarter of an inch, mildly aggressive. Mud daubers, black or brown with a sleek body, less aggressive. Cicada killers, black and yellow, two inches, less aggressive. And of course, yellow jackets, black and yellow like New York City taxis, five-eighths of an inch, mildly aggressive, just like New York City taxis. Wasp hives, we've had them before actually, in the garage, on the side of my studio, even on the edge of the table on the deck. This is why I like having a service agreement, since pest masters come about once a month, and I can always point out places I'd like them to proactively or reactively spray. Four, spiders. You see spiders all the time. I've learned not to be squeamish about spiders, and you really can't. They're everywhere. 
I see them in the house. I see them when I open up doors to the basement. I see them even in the shower occasionally. They spin their cobwebs, which I do clear with a broom now and then. But I'm proud to say I haven't killed a spider since I left the city, and I don't plan to. Most are harmless. Well, except the black widow and the brown recluse. 5. Spotted lanternfly. This is the new threat. This plant-sucking, crop-destroying insect is wreaking havoc across the Northeast, including the Hudson Valley and Catskills. As adults, they hop around plant to plant with their red hind wings and black spots, a black head, and a yellow abdomen with black bands. Avoid them. Okay, number six, snakes. Terrifying, but I rarely see any. Once in a while, I see a garden snake in the garden, but mostly I figure snakes are all on the other side of the river in Woodstock and up in the mountains, maybe on Bishwash Falls, which we do walk now and then. The types of New York snakes can be copperheads, the eastern hognose, or a timber rattlesnake. In episode 77, Brett Barry talks about his snake experience, so go have a listen. Number seven, country mice we don't really see, thanks to the cats living on the farm next door, but chipmunks we do see. We even have one living in the garage. They eat the apples from our trees that fall on the ground. When I forget to close the garage door at night, I lie to Brian and say I left the garage open for the chipmunk. Okay, frogs, number eight. Frogs to me are underrated, especially living on a creek. We see them quite a bit, especially in the summer, and they're super cute and non-threatening. I see Kermit and all I can think is I've heard they're a symbol of good luck and transition. A very good symbol if you're a city at making a change. Number nine, squirrels. Squirrels are everywhere, which makes sense with all the trees. It's hard to get attached, though, since I think squirrels, skunks, and hedgehogs are basically the most common victims of roadkill. And finally, number 10, beavers. Despite their booming population, I have never actually seen a beaver live, but there's visible proof of beavers as busy builders in the creek right next to our house. They create these genius dams out of branches, trees, grass, mud, and rocks. It's irritating because it affects the flow of the water, and you can't blow up their dams legally. And these small critters aren't really that small. According to Scenic Hudson, a well-fed male beaver can weigh up to 70 pounds making it North America's largest rodent. Okay, that's vivid. I hope this guide to Hudson Valley Little Critters was helpful. I didn't really talk about ants, which are everywhere, though here in the Rhinebeck area we do boast as a resident sexiest man in the world in Ant-Man himself. There are also worms, of course, but that feels more like a composting episode. If you remember episode 41, Callie explained that worms help sawkill farms eggs taste so good. I certainly have a lot more to learn, but at least you and I can know there's a whole world beyond the beloved cows, sheep, goats, horses, and pigs. If you want to drop an hour on the topic, check out the Pestmaster's blog on everyday pests in the show notes. My friend Miriam also told me about a new book coming out all about beaver called Beaverland by Lila Phillip which I'll also put a link to with other things I've mentioned. Thanks Sunflower Market for being a sponsor and also to Scott Hasty of Parties Insurance in Kingston, who's a new sponsor and also helping me and you figure out the world of home, auto and commercial insurance. We're gonna do a whole Q and A on the topic for you in an upcoming episode. Oh, and that paper wasp hive in our willow tree. So as it got colder, sure enough, it did become super quiet. And lately Brian sees it becoming, wait for it, a bird's nest. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Zucker in the Hudson Valley, learning to appreciate all things big and small. Come visit. Down in the valley moved up from 
the city, it's a new way of living and I'm trying to get used to it. One park blues have an ounce of an idiot, ordered a Manhattan and they call me a city, yeah. At first it hurt my feelings, but it's kind of got a ring to it. When you move to the country, they can tell when you're new to it. I'm looking at a place, but I'm trying to keep fitting in. It takes long to be a local, so for now I'm a city, yeah. Upstate and chill. chill, 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 chill.